Isn't that great? I love that noise. Yeah, hey, this, <laughs> this is Side Dish. Hey, welcome to Side Dish, your podcast about Longmont. All the stuff you want to know and very little that you need to know. I'm yeah. Eric Ozempa. And I'm not. <laughs> I'm Brady Stevel. I've done that joke before. Uh, yeah, apparently just old man production values here. That's great. Exactly. Between not an old man. Day. Not an old man. Just got a fix a default setting about recording. You know? I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's just warning you in case, you know, you're recording people without their consent. That's probably know. true. I probably need to have your consent to do yeah, that. Yeah, i got to so. sign a waiver yeah. so you can turn that off. That's right. Um, yeah, and then also, apparently, my microphone makes noise if I get too close to my That's monitor. right. So you have to stay away from your computer or anything else. Electronic. I don't know if that's it's the magnetism in your head or whatever. I'm not yeah, sure. That's, that's yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. So this morning, I was... Um, I was moving my mouse around, and I think my printer makes noise if my mouse is hovered over certain things. It just goes kind of... It's really super faint. It's okay, really that's weird. kind of bizarre. I don't know why. It's really uh, well, yeah. electrical interference of some sort, I guess. <clears throat> Who knows? But All right, everyone. Welcome to Side Dish. Uh, <laughs> we are um, without a rudder here right now at the first few moments. We're actually just talking about a few things. But um, really, probably the probably the biggest thing is traffic. Yep. And um, with our podcast, I have to say our numbers have gone up. So it's really cool. You can see that people are starting to be out and about, maybe taking some time driving through that traffic and listening to podcasts. We also had our first French download in some time. Hey, so French, huh? France and Germany are back online, it looks like, as far as listening to us or basically downloading, listening for about five seconds and going, I have no idea what the heck this is. Bonjour so. vous tous. Huh? Yeah, exactly. There you <laughs> go. We, we exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was driving back from Boulder. I gotta say, um, if you if you don't take 119, it's a beautiful drive because I've been driving um, to Boulder. So the side that I need to be on works well to drive on 75th or 95th or something, and that's that's gorgeous. It's just it is. The weather's it is been great. Um, it's it's been wet this year, like really wet. That we're I guess out of drought at least in this part of the state, and um, just gorgeous. And it's been like you get backed up in traffic, and it's like meh. Yeah, you get the it's windows like open. Listen yeah. to the like smooth, uh, smooth blues. Oh, I thought you were listening to smooth jazz. No, no like no, no, Kenny no. G or something like that. One of my favorite Parks and Rex, um, <laughs> Parks and Rex jokes is um, they they go on to NPR or like whatever some local equivalent, and um, the show after is called Jazz, jazz Plus Jazz Equals Jazz. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> they play they play. Two- <laughs> two jazz songs on top of each other that don't go nice. along and everybody's grimacing and they're like i don't know it seems <laughs> seems like jazz we used to have a jazz radio station in denver i can't remember what it was it was like smooth sounds oh nice yeah, yeah. smooth sounds jazz yeah. yeah 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 for the yeah for you know for yeah for, for nice, smooth intimate yeah. moments Exactly. For, yeah. for soothing elevator rides or yeah. whatever. <laughs> I don't know. So any observations uh, kind of post-pandemic? I did pandemic see that they're and... built – well, I did see that they're uh, going to break ground on a new um, like commercial complex. Um, I think it's close to Pike Road and 119, if I've got my bearings right down there. So they're going to build a big old like sort yeah. of warehouse flex space. And yep. uh, the article said, hey, it's – you know, there's a lot of demand for – this type of space right now. Um, I, I guess they bought the land years ago and now they're just developing, developing it. Um, you know, I like driving through there without development. That's nice, but I guess you, you gotta get your, I don't know, your crackers or whatever that you ordered from Amazon somewhere. They gotta it has be to be somewhere, somewhere, right? So yeah. I don't know if it's going to be that or what, but 
as I understand it, like small manufacturing spaces at a premium. So really, yeah. So Just like here if you're or the... here actually, and, and <laughs> so like you, I believe it's kind of that sweet spot of the middle of the road. So the large manufacturing, there has been, you know, like maybe some glut, so to speak in the past, not really glut. That sounds probably a little extreme, but you know, if you think about like the pharmaceutical company that used to be Amgen and used to be the other one, that's oh, a yeah. large industrial complex. Yep. So you got yep. a few of those places around, but Really, the sweet spot is like ten to twenty thousand square feet, you know, of mm-hmm. industrial space that really needs to be mm-hmm. done by, um, you know, the people who are just starting out or organizations that are just starting out. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, there you go. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Uh, Noticed uh, Tangerine was open on Main Street, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah, like kind of everything's just getting, you know, they're just starting out and doing their thing again. It's just like people are getting, nobody's sure what to do in the stores anymore with the masks. You know, it's kind of like. Yeah, yeah. Some people are just like day one, they're in there. This is it. And um, I guess I've still been wearing mine. I'm not entirely sure why because I'm vaccinated, so I should be safe. I shouldn't be able to spread it to anybody, but it's just like, I don't know. It's normal. It doesn't really bother. It never really bothered me. So, yeah, got them in the car. I just keep throwing them on. Um, but then at work, you know, everybody's vaccinated at work. We don't wear masks at work. So it's kind of yeah. weird. Yeah. Then people around and you're like, uh, this is strange. And then you get over it. You get, you get back to, to normal. I know. It was really weird. I had to go to Lowe's real quick uh, the weekend. And I was like, I uh, wore my mask. Didn't I saw people without masks. I saw people with masks. That included employees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I so, yeah. yeah. So it was just really interesting. Year, so. You got the good weather. Everybody's going to Lowe's. I went to look for great caulking from the bathroom. And they didn't have it. Nice. Just yeah. super let down. Because going to buy, you know, from around here. And I had to go all the way to Amazon to get it. So I thought you were a Home Depot kind of guy. You know, I. it's weird. As far I, as I, big box retailers. I know you're you're really hometown ace and a few other places. But mm, as like far as ace. big box retailers, I thought you were a Home Depot mm-hmm. guy. Um, I used to go to Home Depot a lot, and then there was something that I knew was going to be at Lowe's, and so I decided to go to Lowe's. Um, I can't remember what it was, and I was like, "Oh, well, we'll find this there." And then we um, we bought paint. We painted the sunroom this weekend. Oh, nice! Rip roaring, yeah. This is hot news. <laughs> it's hot news. You know what's really funny is we laid. Um, I was telling you we had a sod project, so we laid sod late Friday. How often do you lay sod? Well, in the front yard, in the backyard. Forty percent of what we talk about on the show is you. you Actually, I'm hired out now. This is what I do. Yeah, I'm actually out about laying sod. Eric's just like, I got a sod project coming up. I'm doing a sod project. I did a sod project. You can cover hobby. It's my hobby. You could teach foreign language with Eric's sod project. No, no, no. no, But wait, funny story. The funny story is the fact that I have a couple of rolls laid. You know, there's left over, and I'm like, okay, what the heck? I'm going to do. I just threw out on the threw it on this little card table and threw it out in the front of my driveway and said, "Free sod." Mm -hmm. So lo and behold, like this. This guy in a Lowe's vest shows up and he says, You get rid of some sod? And I said, Sure. And he like takes it. And yeah. I'm just like thinking this guy's selling it out of his truck outside the Lowe's, you know, like no, he's gonna take hey, it back. Psst. Yeah, hey. Return it. He's gonna take yeah. it back to Lowe's with the credit. <laughs> get the credit. It's star credit for some uh, fabuloso or something. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, anyway, we have a guest today, so we can't go off too much off rails, but it looks like Byron is here meeting us. And I think, um, who else is your guest? I'm just trying to look on the screen here, Byron. Andy Bingle. Oh, hey, Andy. How you doing? Didn't didn't know if it was you. I thought it was you, but I didn't want to take a stab there and say, oh my gosh, I guessed wrong. Um, can you, uh, gentlemen, let's see, Byron, can you give me your last name too? as well, because I don't have it in front of me, so forgive me. Yeah, that's fine. Byron Kamenek. 
Awesome. And you both are with, I know Byron mostly with Jack Solar Garden, but you're probably here to talk about all things that are going on um, at your place. And I know uh, you and Andy have had great conversations in the past about what you're trying to do as far as education and, and kids and getting kids involved in education around environment and sustainability and such and what you got going over the solar garden. So if you could just start out with just giving us an overview about what you're up to and uh, we'll, we'll ask you questions as we go along. So, yeah, sure. So um, Andy and I work with the Colorado Agrivoltaic Learning Center. That's the nonprofit side of Jack Solar Garden. Um, the Colorado Agrivoltaic Learning Center provides uh, educational opportunities for school kids, community groups, and companies that want to bring out their staff to come out, see our innovative space around our community solar garden. Jack Solar Garden is a 1.2 megawatt community solar garden uh, just south of Longmont that is the largest research site for agrivoltaics in the country. Agrivoltaics is the co-location of agriculture with solar. So that means you got panels and below it, you got vegetation growing, food, uh, flowers, that, perennials, different types of things. Other folks, some folks even do uh, sheep or chicken or sometimes cattle grazing out underneath the panels. But our site is mainly dedicated to growing different types of vegetables. We're working with Sprout City Farms out of Denver. That's a nonprofit organization doing that type of farming on over two and a half acres of land underneath our panels. And we have researchers from the uh, National Renewable Energy Laboratory, Colorado State University and University of Arizona that are researching uh, things between uh, how, how best to grow crops out there, the different types of microclimates underneath the solar panels, how water moves under the panels, the mm -hmm. soil moisture uh, at different locations with the panels, wildflower growth, uh, di different types of mixes out underneath the panels, and then also um, looking at prairie grasses and carbon sequestration of them within the solar array. So that's uh, that's what we got going on in a, in a nutshell. So, um, Byron, what the heck possessed you to do something like this? Because I believe it was your pretty much your inspiration, your idea. And Jack, I believe, refers to your grandfather. Is that correct? Yeah, Jack Stinger. Okay. He was my grandfather. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And what possessed me was just figuring out what to do with our land. Uh, I moved out here in 2016 and started learning more about the economics of our land that the hay really wasn't covering the bills out here. So why how, why was it that 24 acres in Boulder County wasn't pulling its own weight and trying to figure out what, what other things could we do here? Uh, I started off with checking in with Boulder County if we could put it into a conservation easement. They said, no, nah, you're too small. We don't want 35 acres plus. Okay, well, well then what? help me out. What can I do? So I was <laughs> hanging out with the land use department and those nice ladies were chatting with me a lot about all these different things that I could do with my land. And uh, looking at free range chickens and like I could have thousands and thousands of chickens out here. And I was like, I, I don't want to spend my, my days chasing chickens around um, to there was a Christmas tree farm uh, south of us that they're doing well. And they're like, you know, you could copy that kind of thing. You can, you can have a bunch of Christmas trees. I was thinking, you know, it takes like 10 years before you can start having any revenue. Wow. Wow. I would be yeah. interested in that. Um, and then they went about, talking about equestrian centers and I got neighbors that do equestrian centers and I don't really love that. So uh, finally I had a buddy that said, how about a, a solar rate? Your land's really flat. It's really sunny out here. Why don't you go for that? And so just started learning about the whole solar industry, learning about how to work with Excel, 
the regulations around all of it. And it's just a slow process to figure out how to make our land more beneficial. That's really cool. And then, and then a stupid question too is, I always just think of solar arrays as like, you know, solar arrays and that's it. And they're then a piece of land, maybe a property or something like that, or a building. Um, but as far as like combining it with farming, is that relatively new or is this something that's been going on for a long time? And, you know, it's a, it's an idea that's been around since the eighties. Uh, some folks at the Fraunhofer Institute in Germany came up with the idea originally, but never had any money to do anything with it until later in the two thousands. Um, folks started like in Eastern Asian, um, uh, countries, they started experimenting with it more, I think in the late nineties and early two thousands especially after the Fukushima accident in Japan, mm -hmm. uh, the Japanese started having lots of agrivoltaic systems around because, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a country that's restricted in land size uh, with lots of people and the need for both food and energy. So folks over there have been trying it out for more than a decade. Um, China has the world's largest agrivoltaic system, of course, because they, they want to just go big on everything. Oh. <laughs> They're going. got the space, yeah. They got the space. They're, they're going a, a ton of goji berries underneath about a gigawatt of power. Wow. Um, huh. And uh, various parts of Germany and France, Italy have been experimenting with it. And here in the U.S., it's still kind of it's still new in the in the idea of growing crops underneath the panels. People have been doing range voltaics where you're taking sheep out underneath the panels. And folks are in the solar industry are fairly familiar with that, but actually growing crops for either food production or botanicals or herbs or other things. It's, um, it's new frontiers. So how does the, uh, the Colorado climate and like our, our proximity to say the sun, but, but being a mile <laughs> closer to the sun, having a uh, less atmosphere, does that, does that play a big impact on what you can do? You can get away with uh, in the solar on the solar side of things, you know, out here in the West and Southwest part of the United States, there's more solar radiance that so you get, uh, more power per square foot. Mm -hmm. That's that's a one plus for Colorado. Two is we're in an arid, semi-arid climate. That means less water. And by having solar panels above the land, the, the shade that the panels provide to the ground helps to reduce evaporation. So you have more moisture stored within the soil for crops to grow from. That mm -hmm. means less need for uh, inches of rain, less need for irrigation, to be able to hopefully get the same uh, amount of crop. And that's and then does, Can you grow uh, different things that would normally take, that you couldn't grow under a, a solar array because the sun is just more potent and you would need fewer hours? Is there anything like that? Um, you know, the University of Arizona had a fun one where they were growing, I, I believe it was basil. They Before basil was not a year-round year round thing that they could grow, but underneath the solar panels, they can. They, they just huh. keep the basil plants going and they... They were having a. They had a basil plant that lived for almost two years uh, until folks just got tired of it and chopped it down. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of this basil. Let's get this basil out of here. It's yeah, time for oregano. I'm... That's right. You know, I was. I was just really. This is really fascinating. Just kind of on a side note, there's a gentleman you might already know of him. He actually grows chili peppers in the county, and he actually has this. What well, we actually interviewed him: Boulder chili peppers, something like that. I can't remember Brady, but. But it was this guy who had a pepper farm, and so he was looking for additional space because he needed to expand his crop because the demand is so high. So anyway, oh. now maybe off air we can talk about that. But I, well, but I, I just think it's really fascinating if you're looking for other 
you know, other maybe partnerships or something like that. Definitely. Well, along those lines, the fellow down at the University of Arizona was studying Chiltepin peppers that could sell for $80 a pound, and he could grow three times as many per plant underneath the, his solar array. That's wild. Holy cow. Wow. wow. It's all about reducing the stresses on the plants with having additional shade and then keeping that moisture in the soil for the yeah. microorganisms to keep living and growing with the plants. So, and, and again, another obtuse question, but I just automatically kind of think it's hotter under there. Is that presumed correct? Is it, is the heat really intense too, or is it just, it's really maybe shaded and not as intense or, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think you answered it right there. Uh, I mean, if you stand in the shade, it's typically cooler than being out in the middle of the sun. Okay. Wow. Cool. So, um, Andy, I don't want to discount you cause you're also here too, as well. Can you tell us what your involvement is with the, uh, agrovoltaic learning center? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm the education director here, uh, and my duties are to help facilitate, uh, students and community members to get them on site and to educate them about agrivoltaics and about some of the benefits and what are some of the potential opportunities related to agrivoltaics. And I was really drawn to this because about a year and a half ago, I had met Byron and he had this great idea of this agrivoltaic array going to be in, uh, in Boulder County. And he had all these pictures and I said, I can't wait to see it. And he said, well, it's just, it's just alfalfa and grass right now. (laughs) (laughs) So he got me, (laughs) but it got me really interested. Um, and I, I have a background in, in interest in renewable energy and then also sustainable agriculture and working with people to connect people with, with different places. And he said, one of the things that really triggered me was, Hey, I don't want this just to be a research site. I want this to be a place where we can engage people. And that changes all dimensions. If you have a research site that is welcoming people on to actually learn, all of a sudden you get this opportunity to really spread this message out wide. And that's what Jack Sillergarden has done a really good job of. And creating this uh, this nonprofit arm of the Colorado Agrivoltaic Learning Center has really enabled us to do that. And after the first five, six months now, it's we've gotten a lot of a lot of encouragement here and have been helping a lot of people um, connect with agrivoltaics on our site. Nice. And so do you, uh, what are, what are the kind of garden variety anticipated ideas as far as students or what are the students maybe doing or what do you plan on? Or um, if we could speak to that, that would be really cool too. Yeah, sure. So what we're starting out with is we're starting out with public tours and our public tours are every single Saturday at 10 a.m. Uh, and you can purchase tickets online at coagrivoltaic.org. Um, and we've been doing those since May 1st. Those are going to go through October 30th. Uh, and that has been a really good way to connect not only, uh, college students, but also a lot of different community members onto our site. And after about four tours, we've connected with about 40 different people, almost an average of 10 people have been coming on each of those tours, which is encouraging. Um, and then we also provide private tours and for, uh, for corporate entities and then also just community groups that are interested. So that's just during like some time of the week. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, we're going to be, we are engaging uh, teachers. 
just sent out emails to 70 teachers this morning, actually, trying to um, get them to come on our site so then we can talk with them to see what do, do their students want. So that's what we're engaging right now is, is we're developing curriculum. And I, was, I had an opportunity to go down to University of Arizona to see some of their agrivoltaic arrays and work with some of their teachers too to see what agrivoltaic curriculum they're developing. So this fall, we're hoping to connect with many different local schools, primarily high schools and middle schools, and get students um, engaged with some of the work that we're doing. And it, it's gonna be a variety of different interactions that we're looking forward to developing, but tours and uh, possibly also some research um, opportunities uh, here, here on site with some of our partners too. Well, it sounds like you have a large array, pardon the pun, of, oh, of, I know, isn't that great? But anyway, of, of options, because not only can you talk to vocational students, those who want to go into farming mm -hmm. and vocations, but you can also talk to those STEM students, those science, math, engineering students as well, and try to get them to come out there and, and maybe partner with you all and the teachers to, to bring the students out there too as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds really cool. Yeah. I think the whole thing is just an exciting, um, I mean, experiment um, process. What with, solar coming down in costs and batteries becoming cool like more efficient and 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 holding you know the energy density's gone up and then if you can merge that with something else i think it's a pretty neat model so um i think it'd be fun to go see eric i don't know if yeah, you know we'll have to do a tour we definitely yeah, will well, yeah there we go we're doing it yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we're 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 locked in we're we're definitely going to go do that so <laughs> i'd be into it yeah i don't think we're large enough for a private party but uh, we could definitely, you know, glom on. Eric, <laughs> we're the yeah. VIPs. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, <laughs> kind of a big deal. That's right. Wasn't it <laughs> Heather? Heather at the Times Building gave us a private tour. So that was. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, gentlemen, anything else uh, you want to let us know before we let you go? Well, certainly in the show notes, uh, you know, write up where people can get tickets and write up about the, the solar garden as well as the agrovoltaic learning center we'll put that in the show notes and give a shout out to as well but anything else you want to add yeah um just thinking about agrivoltaics as dual land use we're trying to get as much good out of our land as possible it, we're able to stack functions with solar on top food growing below and around it we're having educational and pollinator habitat that we're growing out there so there, there's various things that we can do with land land should not just be one thing um and we're part, part of our outreach is also look for legislators, policymakers, folks that want to learn more about this and connect with them and tell them about our story so that they can help others that want to do the same thing. It's really cool. What a great, unique idea. And I just commend you for the nonprofit arm to, to bring students there and others there to learn about it. So awesome idea. And uh, we just want to thank you so much for being on the show. Pleasure. Thank All you right. Guys. All right, guys. Have a great uh, rest of your day. Talk you to you too. later. Bye-bye. All right, so that is Byron and Andy from the uh, Jack Solar Garden, as well as the Colorado Agrivoltaic Learning Center. Agrivoltaic doesn't really roll off the tongue, but um, but oh. it certainly you know once you get to know what it is, it's pretty easy yeah. to understand. Um, so. I think Kelsey's been out there, and she said it was it was cool. She said it yeah. was really neat. So yeah. uh, I thought it was pretty neat. I've been into solar for a long time. I've always wished that we as a as a country invested more into renewables, but um, I think that that's that's cool. It's it's really striking to say like, no, no, no. Um, if you give plants less sun, actually you can get them to grow a little bit more. And up here, while I was asking that question, it's like, I know there's stuff that's supposed to be full sun that I'll put out full sun here and just, just oh, it gets burns hammered. off. Yeah. yeah, just yeah so off. it's, it's really cool. I mean, the warmth is there, 
which is really cool. Is protecting that basil in Arizona or whatever yep. he was speaking yep. of. That's really pretty cool. So the warmth is there, but you don't need those blinding, intense. UV oh, and that's kind stuff. of the thing is when I was doing herbs on the like the south side of my house, oh, I was like, yeah. herbs love sun. And I'd put them out there, and they're just like crispy after a couple of days. They <laughs> <laughs> water the crap out of them, like go out every morning, and then sometimes in the afternoon you water them. And then there'd be like these little, little green things coming out of the dirt still at the end of the year. And the tops just cooked right off. And it's like, yeah, you got it. You know, it's not always just more is better. So that's, it's pretty cool to see that. Yeah, um, it's true. I mean, when I was laying sod last week, no, I'm kidding. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. No, I do it all the time. So I just, I was going to, I was going to say the sod again. Is like, yeah, you the could sod. be in a, you could be in a textbook for a language teaching because you, you've got all the tenses covered. You're always doing it back when I, I was, I was laying sod while I was doing something else. I did lay sod. <laughs> I, I, I am laying sod right now. Tomorrow I will lay sod. Actually, I am doing the podcast and laying sod right now. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So you can cover all your tenses. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but no, it's um it's a really it's just fascinating to me because just because of that idea of just multi-use for land, it's really pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I think so. so too. I would like love to see <clears throat> things like solar or other uses on buildings more often and just like yeah, oh yeah. you you've just got a roof that's capturing heat, why not capture electricity and exactly it, so yeah. Cool stuff. I really I really enjoyed that. I thought it was fun. Yeah. Um anything else that we're doing gosh i i just feel like the world is is kind of moving moving along and it's really exciting to see i mean covid cases reduced quite a bit oh yeah we should check just i mean it was it was um i think nationally it's thirty thousand cases which is just astronomical it's yeah it was uh, um lowest since last june so really really low in boulder county and it's the rolling seven-day average um is 16 total cases with seven new cases right now which is as low as it's been in a very, very long time. And so you start going, yeah, I, I guess. I'm hoping that everybody's being honest about the the masking. You know, they're like, oh, people who just don't want to get it. Now they're saying, you know, because I don't, what I don't want to see is for, for, for there to be another spike. Like we're doing yeah, so well, yeah. we're doing so well. But if you have everybody right. congregating together in tight places and, um, I, I don't want to see another spike. We're doing so well. Um, it's just really heartening to see businesses that have made it through it and God, just feel like you go back out in the world. And this spring has been so nice. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. right. so it's, it's a real been... spring too. It's not like all of a sudden like 90 degrees. You know? That's exactly it. Cause usually we get like sort of a faint, you know, yeah. at spring and they're like, oh, it's 70 degrees for four days. Blam. It snows over mother's day. Yeah. And then it's like, Hey guys, it's 90. You should have put your, your, uh, your tomatoes in the ground the one day it was 70 degrees and not wait for it to come back. Uh, but it's, it's been so nice and it feels just like something that after the, after COVID and the wildfires and being shut in, like it's just this well-earned reward of just a beautiful spring. It's been a gorgeous, gorgeous week. And yeah, we look forward to more. And, um, I think what we'll do is we'll let people go. So we don't, you know, just kind of pontificate on about things and, uh, the weather. And we will definitely talk about, you know, crops and other things. So yeah, more different At another stuff. time. But and Eric um, will figure out his Zoom. <laughs> yeah, we got to figure out, because we don't want the recording noise to be there all the time. So I think we I'll get one at the closing bell here, too, so this should be fun. Yeah, exactly. Your recording is stopped. So. Uh, bookend this. All right. Turkey. So, as always, we thank Andy Epler for our intro music. Thanks to David Cutter Music for our outro music. Also, find us on Spotify, Allegra, wherever you find your pod content. Pod content. 
Um, reach out to us at sidedishlongmont at gmail.com and also send us suggestions at that same email. Just want to thank you, Brady, for all you do. Oh. Well, that's nice. <laughs> Have a good week. Thanks, Brady. <laughs> Thanks.